to Expanded Universe, Season 18, Episode, The Wrap-Up One. The book was I, Jedi by Michael Stackpole, written in the year of 1998. Chapters? None of them! We're done, baby! Uh, with your host, Jeff and John. Okay, let's go! Hey, welcome back to Expounded Universe. I'm Jeff, joined as always by John, and this is the show where we talk about old Star Wars books. Yes. Most of the time. Yes. This is the wrap-up. Yeah, the wrap-up. We're all done with... Wrap it up. I could not be happier. This is one of the happiest times I've ever been to uh, be wrapping up a book. because yeah. We're finally done with iCarly. (laughs) Yeah, we finally finished it up. We don't have to talk about iRobot anymore. We did the the whole thing. Yep, everything is done. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no more with this eye tyrant <laughs> uh yeah yeah no more icicle jokes <laughs> but uh but yeah we we uh I, I mean ultimately we are here to discuss our experience with reading the the uh overall i jedi book from start to finish and what mm-hmm. we feel about it as a as a gestalt but before we get into that i of course want to find out how you're doing on this fine um monday i think I think it's Monday. <laughs> I may be mistaken. I literally just forgot whether or not I had something plugged in a second. I, you know I don't have any memory. I know. And today was a day where I took my daughter to the beach, and the sun has further addled my already... Oh, yeah. You baked your brain. I did. I did. And now I'm like, I don't know. I maybe... Now you just got a hot bean stew <laughs> sloshing around up there. <laughs> maybe something good. I have a one bean stew going. Anyone who uses more than one bean is some sort of, I, I don't know... Highfalutin, highfalutin Rockefeller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I use one bean. It's good enough for me. <laughs> How many layers this dip got? If you got more than two, we're running you out on a rail. And one of the layers had better be bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but Lipton's onion soup mix, powdered. Nothing else, <laughs> just the powder. Uh, Florence and I were just joking the other day about buying a thing of Lipton's onion soup mix and making and consuming onion soup. Wow. Which I don't think in the history of Lipton's <laughs> onion soup mix has ever been attempted or accomplished. It is only for making dips. Oh, yeah. You use that or onion casseroles. soup mix for yeah. putting some spice into stuff. You never yeah. use it to like, ah, oh, time for soup. <laughs> I'm hungry for onion soup. Time to purchase some fine Lipton's powdered soup product. Mmm. <laughs> Oniony. <laughs> Onion broth. <laughs> Just like I always wanted. Ooh, oniony and redolent of soupiness. <laughs> I mean, let me know if you've ever actually bought a powdered Lipton soup mix, you know, and then not ended up making a cream cheese ranch based dip to put croutons into and just made the soup and ate the soup. Because <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever done it. I don't think it's I don't even think it's legal. I've never seen it. <laughs> so... So that's just something that popped into our head the other day because we had some, and I was like, "Oh, maybe we should just make the soup." Well, on maybe, the- <laughs> maybe just soup happens. Yeah, this is my this is my new thing. I want to purchase stuff in the store and use the product photo on the on the uh, 
the box as the guide for what I will do with it. Yeah, I so. feel the same way about cream of mushroom. Yes. Like, no one uses cream of mushroom to just have some fucking soup. Yeah, you know, you use that as the layering basis for, like, a hot dish or something. Yeah. That's it. That's all it's for. You're making fucking Swedish meatballs. Yeah. You're putting that in a casserole. You're doing something with that that is not just having soup. Yeah, like, I was making albondigas the other day, and I had uh, the regular box of chicken broth, which I was going to... I don't even just use it straight out of the box. I was going to jack it up by... by uh, oh, I was going to jack it up. I was. I was going to jack it up by, by roasting some veggies and then soaking those in it and boiling them and so on to kind of enhance the, the brothiness of it, you know? Enhance. Um, <laughs> but on the cover, I was like, oh, look at that. What's that? What do you do with this low-sodium chicken broth from Costco? Are you supposed to just pour it into a bowl and add a single sprig of parsley to the center of it? Hell and then yeah. And then just eat that? <laughs> don't even heat it. <laughs> From now on, that's what I do. If it's on, if it's on the package, I got to eat it that way. <laughs> no more using ingredients to make things. That's true. <laughs> that is the way of the evil one. Eat your indig- your ingredients individually. They'll they'll all turn into stuff in your tummy. Yeah, you'll poop out a nice bullion. <laughs> exactly. Uh so. Uh, but anyway, yeah. How are you? Oh, I'm doing real good. Nice. Yeah, good. That's uh, good. It's yeah. a good fine day. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've been reading a lot of RPG stuff. Yeah, you've got that. You've got that. The itch again, don't you? I got it. I got it in my soul. Yeah, the, the itch, by the way, is the the desire to play a role playing game as opposed to spend all of our time reading and then dissecting them. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not common for us because we pretty much live and breathe role playing games. The last thing we'd want to do is play one. Oh, but I every, always want to play one. <laughs> every once in a while, one of us gets the itch. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're reading what? Now, Soul Soul Bond or Soul Bound or something? Uh, I recently downloaded the Age of Sigmar Soul Bound. That's right. Yeah. Uh, as sort of the like, here's a different option for like Warhammer Fantasy RPG. Sure, sure. Uh, much much more different than the standard uh, Warhammer Fantasy RPG. Uh, you have so. to be because Age of Sigmar is so weirdly different than the old. The old stuff is just like, hey, what if Amer- what if the uh, the world, but everything was slightly different, and there were ogres where there should be Cossacks. Well, just I that. mean, the weird thing about it is you still have like, oh, you can be you know like a human or an elf or a dwarf, but you know the dumb names that. Games Workshop had to come up with so they could copyright them. Yeah. But then it's also like, hey, those Stormcast Eternals that were basically Space Marines for this setting, you can be one of those. <laughs> They're way better than anyone else. Do they have a problem with making it so that the uh, the party would hang out with each other? Or Well, that's what the whole soul bond is. Oh, uh, okay. It's like is, a way you're to like, force, oh, yeah. You've all been bound together, except if you're a Stormcast Eternal who cannot be, oh. but they can't die because anytime you die, you just get reforged again. Right. So you could be like, wake up one day and realize you're assigned to one of those cast iron dwarf suits that are like the thing in that setting where like they have their monocle built into their power armor. Aww. I love that. That shit where the dwarves are like top hat wearing blimp riding power armor men. I mean, a couple of the classes in there are straight up just like, you're some dude who wanders around with gadget shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm reading an off off book uh, RPG as well. Uh, we have our, our next show that I'm working on, of course, reading that. It's on the screen behind me. But I also, just so I could say I had read it, picked up uh, Pathfinder 2 to read through. Because people keep telling me it's like... Oh, it's so much better. It's so much better. It's virtually very improved. And I'm like, I can confirm it is, but that's just because Pathfinder was, you know, was extremely... 3.5. 3.5. It's very boring. So it's definitely not that. <laughs> so it's interesting enough. Yeah. 
All right. So, uh, but to, as to the task at hand, the the hand task, the hand task. It's time to do the hand ju- the hand stuff. <laughs> it's time to do the hand job. Time to do the job at hand, John. Well, fifty <laughs> bucks. <laughs> also, you're going to need to get beat up on this one. I need you to be the hand jobber. Uh, <laughs> wrestling. Uh, we were just watching wrestling. Woo! We were watching old Ric Flair uh, matches. I I, just, I was talking to, before the show. I mentioned to John that. I, I even though I was excited to talk about Nature Boy Ric Flair and his famous woos, I don't, didn't think I'd ever actually seen him in a ring. Yeah, no, and I had said that I had, was pretty sure I'd only seen him run in on other people's matches, and yeah. I had never just seen a match of his. So we tried looking up a couple of Ric Flair matches, and we made a mistake at first because we went with a Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. From well, like we went with two thousands, two thousands, where they, where him and Hulk Hogan both looked like elderly gents who who could sort of poke at each other just sad old men slapping at each other like hogan didn't shouldn't sell anything he didn't even move flair was just bouncing off of him like just running into him and falling down yeah it was just sad so at least flair was still kind of selling it yeah well that's that's the thing is after watching that and then watching some like 1979 rick flair versus ricky steamboat featuring andre the giant as guest referee yep where we i learned what it is that rick flair was famous for beyond woos which is that he is a self-powered catapulting uh, hit cell machine where if you so much as brush against him and it's his time to fall down he just flops over bounces around flips out of the ring like a fish trying to get back into the ocean it's amazing yeah like he doesn't do anything he never did anything cool he didn't do any like super high flying or jump or anything but if you push that guy he goes catapulting away like like a wind-up toy and it was great every time he's a full salesman he is selling it I was wondering what he was famous for, and now I know. And up until now, my favorite hit taker was, you know, McFoley. But he doesn't really—he's not a seller. He just voluntarily will take any punishment you are willing to do yeah, to him. Instead of selling a hit that didn't actually do anything, he will take a straight-up hit. Yeah, they're they're very different. <laughs> they're very different disciplines. <laughs> now I want to see that one match between them, even though it's like 2005, and then and again, Ric Flair's too old. Yeah, but just the difference between I will bounce away from the ring like I made out of like I'm Tigger, or I go ahead and throw me on a bed of nails and staples. I'm fine. I'm McFoley. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Actually, hit me across the head with a two by four. I throw, don't give a fuck. Throw me off a twenty five foot cage. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> Everyone does. That's one of the greatest moments in wrestling history. It's true. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about Star Wars. That's unfortunate. Yes. B- by God, we will. <laughs> by God, we will get to Star Wars eventually. <laughs> Well, but you know, the thing is, we finished the book, so really, a lot of it boils down to sort of our overall impressions of what this book was like, and 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 uh, what we think of the author and what we think of the characters. So why don't we why don't we start there? What do you, what do we think of the overall experience of reading I Jedi? Well, here's one of my uh, first takeaways from this, mm-hmm. and that's that this really ended up being far less about jerking off its main character than everyone told me it would be oh because everyone was always like oh yeah cornhorn every time it's one of his books everyone just has to come out and fucking just bend over backwards to fillet this man about how amazing he is and everyone's like gosh what an undersung hero no and this this book book was much less about that uh, it's a lot more of horn blowing himself oh yeah well i mean being that it's a first person thing him being like you know i mean it was a lot like fucking uh what was it 
Panaka or Panaka from uh Oh yeah, when we had to read the detective book. When it was we Captain... were doing the detective book when yeah, it was that always was, that like... was in Panaka, that was Ty- that was Typho. Typho. Yeah. Who was just like, ah yes, it's a good thing being a bodyguard has trained me on literally <laughs> yes. everything. And As a bodyguard, this... I speak sixty five alien languages and I know that this rabbit guy needs to be insulted. Yeah, and it was the same thing for Cornhorn where every time it was just, Well, because I was a cop, I know everything that I would ever possibly need to know. Yeah, Horn's got a problem with that. That it's a better sold version of the this character is like a renaissance everyman because at least in horn's case you're like well yeah he used to be a cop then he was a fighter pilot then he was a detective then he was a cop again then he was a jedi then a fighter pilot then a fighter jedi then a then a pile of fur and uh oh he was a pile of fur he was briefly a pile of fur uh (laughs) so he's just like yeah i can call upon my my uh, even though i'm supposed in this book i'm supposed to I, i believe be about 32 i've i i have 16 lifetimes worth of experience of being the best at everything yeah but it was it was much less of the book going out of its way to be like he's so good there were of course several moments where it did do that but i appreciated when it would scale it back from that like when he goes full fucking batman on the pirates and it's like yeah, he gets overconfident and gets fucking blown up. That's true. He uses a stupid Kubaz zirconia. Yeah, he fucks up, doesn't check his shit, doesn't go in with a plan, and he's like, oh, because I'm so good at this. And then he gets wrecked, and you're like, oh, see? Like, there's at least some give and take where the book at least goes, nah, you're pretty good. I mean, you're a hero, obviously, but you're not the best i'll give you most of that i think the problem is the book r- rushes to fix his uh, his problems for him because there's like yeah there's a moment where he's trying to kill off that hut and his lightsaber blows up in his hands and he has to survive a-, a bombing attack and how does he survive that bombing attack oh well don't worry his jedi power is that he's immune to light to to uh, bl- blasters and <laughs> his if jedi it- powers his mom said he can't get wet yeah, so you can't it- shoot him with so, a super soaker and if he gets hit with enough blasters then he gets to immediately overcome his jedi hindrance which is that he's bad at telekinesis and be the best at telekinesis and create a giant telekinetic fire him to threaten the entire city with and you're like oh well okay but at least he has to run home naked right like because his clothes got blown off by all this no it's fine a couple of hot women think he's got a big dick and then he gets rescued by his butler well that's the thing is he has to run around naked and then get rescued by someone else because it's not oh what a badass he made it back it's no he relied on fucking alf to show up and go hey you dumb drunk asshole come here (laughs) yeah like i said i'm gonna give you about half of that because i'm right there with you i think it's true that that's a great moment in the book where it like it like shoots him down but to me it's a lot like that when we read stormbringer there was that scene where Elric in full armor gets kicked into the ocean off a boat. And it's like, oh, no, whatever will happen. How will he get out of this? Oh, it's fine. He's friends with a random sea god. And the sea god rescues him and sings a song about a great he is and dumps him on an island. See, but again, <laughs> not that. Because at least it was like, yeah, Elagos just shows up and was like, I had to save your dumb ass. And I told you so. Elagos was there to save his dumb ass because he made a joke about Elagos having to be his butler. And Elagos was like, yes, I have to be your butler. I yeah, mean, I, I recognized immediately that I need to be the butler to a great man, and you are that great man. To be fair, he did save his life. <laughs> and that's the whole dumb... That's more Star Wars stupidity y- y- than y- I will this book. It's it's Wookiee stupidity. This is a new one to find out that it's a Kamasi rule as well. Hey, Star Wars is full of dumb bullshit. <laughs> and also, I'm not going to be like, oh, this book is filleting this guy because he said he had some weird dumb superpower. <laughs> 
Oh, Do uh, I think that superpower is bullshit? He definitely yes. comes up with a brand new Jedi power that is absolute bullshit compared to what every other Jedi can uh, can do. Especially because it immediately, he, the, the whole idea was like, oh, I'll give him a weakness, but I'll also give him a strength. And it's like, okay, what's the strength? Uh, overcoming his weakness immediately. Okay, that is... That, no, <laughs> the, that is mostly a bullshit thing. Like, if they had even turned it into like, Oh, he has to bishop this and that he can absorb energy, but he has to like shoot energy out. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, all right, you have to, you know, absorb and then be kind of destructive with it. So you have to be careful about where you expend your energy or whatever. Yeah, that would be fine. But the fact that it's just, oh, I get it. Now I can just telekinesis if I want to. That is very much bullshit. It's basically it's like uh, Superman and kryptonite. If uh, if, if Superman had a rule that was like, well, kryptonite makes me weak, but if it gets within three feet of me, it makes me stronger than ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that it's just like well you, see i have a weakness i have a big weakness yeah but your your the structure of your weakness is such that you immediately overcome it but okay if you say so but yeah it, it, it's fine that one's relatively minor i feel like it might have been a little over it, it felt like he had a fucking superpower which felt a little outside the realm of what jedi normally accomplish well the problem with that power is specifically for me even without the telekinesis thing, like taking that away, it removes so much danger because you're in a setting that's like, what do people do? Oh, they hit you with lasers and lightsabers. maybe lightsabers. Yeah. And you're like, oh, OK, so you can absorb those. Yes, I can. Yeah. All right. Then I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've you've turned yourself into when we had to watch that fucking uh common rider ripoff thing that, yeah. that and the dude it was, was bulletproof like, and it was just like well I'm bulletproof but here's a bunch of guys with guns and you're like i don't care how about if 45 percent of this movie was people unloading machine guns into this bulletproof guy and just constant confirmation that yes he's still bulletproof yeah it's the kind of thing where i'm like yeah it's fine if you want to make your dude bulletproof but then you don't have like half of your superman movie about dudes shooting superman <laughs> exactly because then that's just stupid as you, fuck you have like one 30 second shot of it like you know like superman returns we see him take the bullet in the eye yeah you that, go look you're not gonna fuck with him with bullets it's just not happening yeah it's over after that he gets hit with a bullet in the eye and they, after that you don't have to see machine guns anymore and this it could have been one time where he uses that ridiculous power but instead it's a couple yeah it's fine it's, it's fine Ultimately, I feel like uh, we didn't. I, I don't even think I Jedi is the worst of the Corn Horn. Well, no, I've compliment I've heard parade books since we uh, got towards the end of this, and especially when we finished, people have been talking about like, oh yeah, there are definitely, especially in the like Rogue and Wraith Squadron stuff, where people get a little more filady. But the thing is, I had heard I Jedi specifically as being called out as like, oh, this is. I think it's just because he gets Jedi powers. Yeah, and I think that's, if it had been more of a thing, then maybe, but the fact that his entire getting Jedi powers section is just some other book, and then as soon as he gets it, he's like, I shouldn't use these for another third of the book. Yeah, there's that point where he declares himself not a Jedi. But he's he's like, no, he uses I'm just Jedi a regular power. guy. He uses Jedi powers in the same chapter. He's like, Jedi no more. I think he just means I'm not going to formally refer to myself as one. <laughs> it's he does silly. that a lot, though. That's a, that's a common theme through the book where he's like, remember that fight with fucking what's-his-face where he like kicks his ass using the Force to read yeah. his mind? And then he's like, well, I didn't... If I'd use the I didn't force, use the Force. If I used the Force during that fight, I'd be as bad as Vader. <laughs> <laughs> but you did you used it constantly you, ver- you, you very clearly you, did you were very proud of yourself for using the force during the fight 
It's a it's a tough book. I would say my the biggest thing I, I would uh, complain about after reading this one isn't so much the whole like author insert Cornhorn is the greatest character stuff. That's fine. Any book that this was a first that if any other character had gotten a first person book about their journey to becoming a big Jedi hero, it would have had that same level of being irritating. This could have been about. I, it could have been about Lando discovering as a Jedi, and it would have been just as much like, eh, I don't, this guy doesn't need that. He's already got a whole thing. <laughs> He's got a thing. Quit yeah. giving him this thing. Yeah. Um, Luke didn't have a thing. He was just a farm boy, and then he was a Jedi. That's different. It's fine. He filled his space. Um, well, the thing that bothered me was the formlessness of this novel. That it's just about a guy who's like, my wife got kidnapped. What if I tootled around the galaxy for 18 months just doing whatever? Yeah. The big problem is. This book loses the fucking thread immediately. You get we get Mirax back in the second to last chapter of the book, and she doesn't care at all. She's just like, "Hey, honey, nice to see you. I like the beard, but change the color. Okay, let's all go on an adventure do together." Do, 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 do. And you're like, "Aren't you gonna have a moment where you're like, where the fuck have you been? How long has it been? Uh-huh. What year is it?" <laughs> She's like, oh, I don't want to ask him where he's been because it'll just be a list, a litany of all the hot chicks he saw the whole time. Yeah, if I was going to complain about anything in this book, it wouldn't be about how much it wants to say how Cornhorn is great. It would be, God, get out of this pervert's head. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's just a red-blooded Corellian male or whatever, but I just don't want to hear about it after a while. You know, like every single woman he meets, he's like, hmm, uh, I'd throw her a shot. And here's the reasons I'd throw her a shot, because she's breasting boobily down those stairs. And the problem being, every single female that he sees, he is like... Yes, these are all hot. I have never seen anyone that I don't think is immediately gorgeous. Yeah, there's like two exceptions in the whole book, which are Timzer and Kayat. Because uh, Timzer is a non-character. She barely gets to do anything at all, ever. Well, Kayat's a werewolf. And so. Kayat's is just a venom, so she's like a wolf person. That said, that does not excuse anything, because remember the point where he, he notices that one of the Kamasi is female because of her swelling young tits. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, just a venom's <laughs> apparently don't got them titties. <laughs> I'm sure they do. I'm sure they 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 wear they have wear human clothes. The one that we've ever seen in a movie was just wearing a Jedi outfit for no reason. I think it's just because that's also a Tatooine outfit. Yeah, I, it was supposed to be. I've always assumed that what happened at this point is Obi Wan showed up on a Jedi robe and he was like, "Well, I'll just I'll get rid of this. I'll become inconspicuous and dress like the locals." But instead, they were all like super impressed by his outfit. I'm like, dude, that's oh, great. I'm, I'm gonna, making that. I'm getting one of those. That looks real deserty. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like it should just be a natural thing we wear around here. And you say it's the uniform of a mystic order of night monks from a city planet? Weird, but okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. But if it's hot in Coruscant, that's good for me. And he's like, it isn't. It's been like 10 years since it was hot in Coruscant. Uh, and then they're like, uh, yeah, everything's ten, t- uh, 10 years out from Coruscant is what we're into. That's us. <laughs> you want to listen to this corn album with me? This Corn Horn album? There was a point where corn was a really big thing on Coruscant. So big. Yeah. <laughs> uh, something took a part of them. I couldn't think of any other corn songs. Don't shake your head at me. <laughs> I mean, I could, but it was... No, that's the same song. I was, well, I, was, <laughs> I was in my head, I was like, what's another corn song? What was that one where he goes... Oh, you mean every like, corn song? And, and I was like, no, wait, that is literally something takes a part of me. That is what that song is. It's that's Good the only corn song I know. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I think I had one of their albums once. I've had. I think I owned two. <laughs> Probably. 
Uh, well, anyway, Cornhorn. Cornhorn. Yeah, the the book, as far as the weird, like, constantly changing settings part of this. It's a very, it's a, a, a man goes places. It's, it's a travel stories book. It, it's like uh, Travels with Charlie, the, the Steinbeck novel, except that that exactly had Exactly po- like that. Except that that had a point and you like This is like Gulliver, Gulliver's Travels, exactly. It's, it is Gulliver's Travels. no way different. I've actually... I haven't read Gulliver's Travel since I was like a small child, so I don't really remember if there was an overarching plot to it. Well, the thing with this for me is I would be more okay with it if everything felt like it tied together or led one to the other. Mm-hmm. Or like, remember that point where I was like dead set sure that it was going to be the, the Jedi kids from Yavin yeah. 4 show up? If it had been, that would have made sense. That would have turned the thing into a circle. You would have had callbacks. It would have been like time, a flat yeah. circle. You'd, you'd, it'd be like they threw out story hooks at the start of the story, like you should, and then they reeled them in like so many juicy conclusion conclusion fish. But instead it was just like, oh, uh, I guess we'll tell the part of someone else's book where he was learning Jedi stuff, and then once I'm halfway through this book... I'm going to tell my story. And I'm like, dude, you've wasted 200 pages telling something else. And now you want to get into your own thing. Pretty much the only parts of this book that are his own thing are the part where he's hanging out with his granddad on Corellia and the part where he, um, I mean, the whole pirates thing is basically his own shit for the most part. Yes. Although it's, it's using Leonia Tavira as the, the instigating character. And there's a reason that she doesn't get defeated here because she'd already previously been defeated in a different rogue or wraith squadron book. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is him going from old Kevin J. Anderson books to old Aaron Alston books and just telling the story of this guy who was like there and the best part of all of their books apparently, but I guess they just forgot to mention him. Yeah. Um, he was just off screen looking awesome and laughing with his cool friends. Yeah. I mean, in the first book, it was that he had a different name, so you didn't realize it was him. And then in this one, it's that, you know, he was with some pirates under a different name. So we you re- didn't know it was him. <laughs> we read the first book of Jedi Academy, which means we didn't get to the point where the Academy was founded and there were students there. But I've read all three, and I can tell you one thing for certain. Kieran Halcyon is not in them. <laughs> <laughs> eh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's basically him wandering through two other people's narratives. And the, the big parts that are new to him are, yeah, the pirate story, although it's just part of the telling of the Leonia Tavira story. Uh, the part where he's finding out about his own past from his granddad and all that Gen Sarai shit at the end. <laughs> all that part where there were like a bunch of new Power Ranger Jedi, that yeah. that will never be mentioned by anyone except I think like a video game ever again. We didn't even get a mention of how the Yuzhan Vong showed up and killed them all. No. That's, that's how little respect they get. 100% they get mentioned in later books, so like in Swarm War shit and stuff like right at the tail end of the Legends series of books, mm-hmm. they'll be like, also, the Genserai exist. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, they'll, it's probably just in lists where they're like, oh, you know, it's not like there were only ever the Jedi tradition. For example, there were the Dathomirians, the Falanassi, the um, Gensa-something. <laughs> uh, I mean, at least with the pirate stuff, though, it wasn't him just going through the plot of someone else's book, because the beginning of this is literally just him looking at a different book mm-hmm. whereas this was like oh it has like the same villain from another book but it's not the same plot of that book yeah the pirate part to me had i don't really know how to describe this um it was definitely the part of the book where he's like he shows up and he's like look at all these pirates i'm better than all of them 
And I, you know why I'm better than all of them? Because I'm a military cop boy who went into the academy, who learned to fly X-Wings. And so I'm better than all these pirates. And if I just hang out with them long enough, they'll make me in charge like they should, because I'm the best person here. And then I can set about the problem of scaring them all away because they're pirates and they're easily scared. The end. And I'm like, this is some noblesse oblige shit where... Where not only is he arrive like pirates are fucking stupid idiots, and uh, I'm not, so this should be a cakewalk. And indeed it is. <laughs> uh. There's even a part where he's like, you know, in another world, Kayad might have ended up just like me if she had just gone to a cool academy and learned to be a Jedi uh, X-Wing hero. Uh, but, you know, I respect her. Her choice is probably born of, uh, you know, not having a lot of options in her life. Anyway, I'm way better than her and everyone else that she has ever met. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to describe that. I've certainly read other books where that that's the thing, where like a noble guy is like, I'm going to go live amongst the mud people. Oh, I'm the best one. What do you know? It turns out that my life skills of being a pampered rich person also apply to being a really good farmer. Uh, I know. I hate the book. I know. I know. I know. And I don't. Thing is, it's not like I like the book, but you go so far that I'm like, no, you went too far. I'm not wrong, though, am I? There are multiple points in this where he he's like, eh, pirates are cowardly and dumb, and I'm a better pilot than literally every single one of them. I'll have to whip them into shape. It is ex- assumed and expected that I will take over this squadron so good that they will nominate me to the good squadron, which I will also take over. I mean, here's the thing. He is, though, and it has been established before he got there. Like, if you're one of the best pilots ever and you're like, oh, I also learned how to be a Jedi. Yeah, that's a little fucking Gary Stu of you. But when he shows up and he's like, yeah, there are a few people that are also very good here, mm-hmm. but it's a big fish, small pond thing. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the like, best. He's the best pilot ever. I've been fighting the fucking Empire and going on ridiculous raids. And the thing is, the only other competition I've had are better pilots than me. Yeah. So, you know, I have to compare myself to fucking like Tycho and Wedge and shit. Sure. And it's supposed to be that Tycho and Wedge are better pilots than him. And one of the complaints you'll encounter is people saying that there's Wraith Squadron books where like Tycho and Wedge are like subservient to this guy because they're being it's just being written by Stackpole. Um to me, though, it's a big fish, small pond thing where he shows up and he's like, ah, I'm the best pilot here. None of these guys had my experiences. And I'm like, you don't fucking know. You don't know where they came from. Some of them might be absolutely amazing. And the only reason that you constantly kick their ass is because you have a ship with shields and they have a cobbled together dirt bike in space. Oh. <laughs> I want to see this guy go up against another group that has a strong fighter pilot, like the Chiss, for example, mm-hmm. where they have, the Ascendancy has like this ludicrously detailed ace pilot uh, kind of mentality and, and uh, history to their people. Instead, he's like, ah, pirates, they're dumb. I can beat them. And then he does. <laughs> yeah, but that's because that's not the story about how he had to overcome the Chiss Ascendancy. No, you're not wrong there. Instead, it's the story of how he keeps showing up places and being like, ah, I could do this. And then he does. <laughs> like the one time in this book, he's like, ah, I could do this and I can't is when he builds a fancy triple crystal lightsaber and it doesn't quite work because he was cheated with a cheap gem on his free brandy. <laughs> It wasn't the one from the Brandy, to it be was. fair. That was the Duradanian thing. Oh, you're that right. Was... That was the Durin Fire Gem. You're right. He got uh, a cheap Kubaz Zirconia off some other random bit of jewelry he was given. Yeah. And I mean, again, the Jedi stuff was him being like, I'm not very good at this compared to a lot of the other Jedi. No, it turns out he is really good at it. He's just really good at a different thing. 
Like, uh, the problem is that Luke's academy is being taught for what Luke knows how to do, which is telekinesis and lightsaber shit, uh, and knowing where his sister is. <laughs> and, uh, sensing good invader. Those are like, the only Jedi skills that Luke really has. I guess he could also kind of fool, uh, egregiously unpleasant looking Twi'leks. Yeah. Those are his, those are his powers. Uh, where, you know, that's not useful for Horn, whose whole power set is creating bubbles of force responsibility. And and uh, reading people's minds and projecting wily coyote grade illusions. I mean, but wouldn't you? <laughs> if I was a Jedi, I would hope that I would be one of the ones who could create fake walls with tunnels through them. Right? Yeah. That <laughs> but that's why he's like, well, I'm not good at this. Is because Luke isn't teaching anything he would have been good at. I mean, even the things where he's like, I am good at like lightsaber stuff because I'm just sort of good at fighting. I have. I've had experience with fighting people, so I know how to do that. But even then, he's like, yeah, but I have to learn how to actually use force ability to do anything more than just react to shit. Yeah. I also do like that he immediately, when they add him to the narrative of the Jedi Academy, which he's not part of in the old books, uh, they set him up with an immediate rivalry with the most powerful guy there. Where he's just like, I don't like this Gantoris character. I don't think he likes me either. And then, and then when Gantoris is out of the picture, he's like, mm, I'm especially mad at Kip Duran. And I'm like, Yeah, you sure do seem to be constantly picking the biggest guy in the yard. Like, it would have been funny if he had had a uh, a rivalry with like, I don't know, Cam Solusar or something. That um, a minor character who wasn't quite as important. <laughs> It'd be great if he was picking on Streen. <laughs> I mean, no, it wouldn't. That'd be terrible. No. <laughs> I mean, the whole point is he's like, yeah, I have to have a thing with the biggest guy in the yard because I have to prove myself. Yes. That's my whole deal. Yeah. I just think it's funny that those are the guys who, like, were there for Luke to have problems with. And Horn's like, ah, let me just elbow you out of the way real quick. That guy's mine. <laughs> I also don't like that guy. All right. There's so many extra guys. You could give him a rivalry with Brackus. That would have been perfect. See, I didn't have a problem with that. I was like, whatever. You're going to dislike the people who go fucking dark side. That's, that's fair. fine. Yeah, that's fair. But the the thing that I thought was funny was <laughs> them just being like, oh, you weren't actually by name there when we killed Exar Kun, so we have to find something to do with you <laughs> yeah. so that you can you still to, be part of it. You get to blow up his house. And it, not even that. It's just you get to go there and get your ass kicked by Exar Kun for a while oh, until fucking Mara Jade shows up. Yeah, and then he gets to announce that he wins because that's the way it, work, it has to work where he's like, he's like, oh, uh, never mind. I was just keeping you busy, dummy. I already won. <laughs> Once you're dead off screen, I'm going to show up and shoot missiles at your house. Yeah, no, the <laughs> end of this where he's like, I'm going to come back and blow this place up. How do you like that, Exarcoon? You're the one person in this book who beat the shit out of me. <laughs> it's true, he really is. No one else ever really seems to land a significant punch on him. No, he like, gets... I was really hoping he'd get his ass handed to him by Mara Jade. Right? There was a point where that was a definite possibility, and I would have loved to see it. No, the only times he really gets messed up are the Exarcoon fight and kind of the... Uh, the, like, shock bolt thing where he was with Mara Jade and blocked a thing for her. Yes. That was like, okay, he got kind of messed up by the shock bolts, and he got super fucked up by Exar Kun. Yeah, he also got burned and disoriented by the Shala the Hut laser bomb sequence. Oh, well, yeah. But that was his own fault. His lightsaber blew up on him. Yeah, but he didn't really get, like, fucked up by it. Just, no. he got drained. Yeah. He did get his hands fucked up. But yeah. that was mostly his own dumb fault for beating someone else up too much. <laughs> That's right. When he got too mad at that guy and <laughs> beat the crap out of him until his hands were broken. Yeah. Ugh. All right. So um, 
I mean, ultimately, a mixed bag of a book. I wish it had had a bit more of a narrative arc than... Yeah. Yeah. This, this really was more of a weird... I would have honestly even been more into it if it had literally just been, I'm going to take a book and show from this guy's point of view these stories that have already happened. Yeah. Because the, the stuff on the Jedi Academy, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat to see this from like... Oh, I'm not like Luke Skywalker's perspective on this is just some asshole who's here yeah, and seeing what's going on and having that whole perspective of like, I don't know that Luke is doing this right. And I don't think we should forgive Kip Duran. Like having that sort of dissenting ideas and opinions on stuff. Yes. Was that would have been smart. Yeah. That would have been nice to see more of. But as soon as he became fucking pirate Batman, I was like, ah, I don't really The other care. problem was that he has his issues with Luke, but the moment Luke's just like, aha, that's just like a Corellian. I like your style, mister. He's like, oh, I will roll over and show you my tummy, Luke Skywalker. We are the best of friends. <laughs> oh, you praised me. That was it. That's what I need. I'm like the opposite of that rat guy. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, do you want to get into some questions? I mean, we might as well. Uh, we had one, actually, that uh, was going to go uh, into the afterthought. Someone had put it in the afterthought channel, but then said, oh, that would be way better for this. So I'm going to go ahead and first things first, I'm going to take that question and do it now. Yeah, listen to that, uh, wh whatever listener you are. You Monsieur Chuck. Oh, good. You get uh, you get your question answered in the proper format. Yeah. So if one of you had to be the Batman slash Zorro slash Horn and the other had to be the butler... Who would be which, and how would that dynamic go? I mean, I'm pretty sure that I'm the one who flies off the handle more, so I'm probably oh, the one who... very clearly yeah, I, I am the sarcastic butler. Yeah, and I definitely have to be the one who gets mad and runs out and punches people for various reasons. Yeah, clearly. Uh, yeah, so that 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 stands to re Plus, despite the fact that we're both big fat dudes, I, I am still a somewhat more athletic big fat dude. Yeah, you have more energy as a <laughs> big fat guy than me. And honestly... It would be mostly the dynamic we have now where you yeah. would do something and forget about whatever, and then I would just make fun of you, and then you'd be like, oh, but I can't forget things. I have a condition. I'd go, oh, that's right. That's right. That's that's my Batman thing, is I'm a Batman with no memory. Yeah. I'm the new <laughs> The world's worst detective. <laughs> it's just like Columbo, except I keep going, uh, yeah, one more thing, one more thing. And what it's did the, you just say? And it's the, <laughs> and it's the same thing. <laughs> Could you please repeat everything you just said? I was thinking about Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> shittiest Columbo. <laughs> one more thing, one more thing. Wh what's your name and how are you involved one in more this? Thing. What was the crime here? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> murder, oh. my dude. Murder. Oh, that sounds very serious. Ooh. Very, Ooh, very serious. Oh, oh, no. Okay, okay. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to take this as a lesson to myself and I'm going to go get some lunch and we'll reconvene. <laughs> All right. Who wants hot dogs? <laughs> <laughs> one more thing, one more thing. Who wants burgers? <laughs> But yeah, it's definitely that. I would definitely be the superhero, um, except I'd be driven to a life of superheroing because I have no memory, and uh, I, I don't know. I forgot whether or not I lost my parents in an accident in a uh, in a crime. <laughs> I can't say for certain it didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> and then you'd come back, and I'd like I don't know, give you a soda, and be like, "Welcome back, you dumb asshole." <laughs> I must become what criminals fear most: something I saw the other day. <laughs> And what was that? Uh, it was like a, like a thing. It was like a big leather thing. Ah, uh, yes. It's you like, must become a leather daddy. I'm a, I am football man. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, definitely. That's yeah. the dynamic. That's and then how you, that goes. You definitely be the butler because that would in, it, it enable you to stay all the time and in a house. Exactly. Yeah. I get to hang out in a house and just sort of <laughs> dick around. And then when you get back, I make fun of you. And it's just the standard <laughs> dynamic. I'd be like, John, my shoulder dislocated. He'd be like, that sucks, dude. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey. Maybe don't. <laughs> you should go to see a doctor or some shit. <laughs> Why don't you get your shit together? <laughs> I'm going to be over here playing online card games. <laughs> hey, man, you want to play some fucking Slay the Spire or whatever? <laughs> you know that's not a two-player game. Yeah, I I'll do. be in my room. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> you're, you're making the bat cave smell all jeffy. <laughs> Which room is mine again? <laughs> They're all yours. All the rooms smell Jeffy. This is my house. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's do another one. Yeah. So let's go from your favorite author is writing an expanded universe book. Oh, boy. You get to choose what planet it's centered around and known character that you would love to see star in their own adventure. What do you choose? Bonus point. What character-centered book would cause your co-host pain? Oh, boy. Um, well, first of all, I don't know if I necessarily would say I have a favorite author. Yeah, neither do I. I have a couple of authors I'm especially privy to from various points in my life. I mean, especially living authors. I don't really have a lot. Yeah, it was the same way. Uh, I mean, I do like uh, not all, but several of, of uh, Neil Stevenson's works. But again, not all. He does not know how to write an ending to save his life. And sometimes he's just noodling around for th several thousand pages. Like uh, That just made me think of having Stephen King write a Star Wars novel. <laughs> okay. And it's just an, well, an evil Millennium Falcon is after me. <laughs> well, now we've got the answer, the, the thing to craft the answer around. I was just going to go through a list of people I admire as authors, but instead it's what would a Stephen King Star Wars Expanded Universe novel be? Well, uh, obviously a droid brain gets uploaded to a speeder that uh, tries to kill people. <laughs> You're just doing Christine. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, a, a rabid Vornsker traps two people in a speeder. <laughs> Hell yes. <laughs> Some kind of force ghost that shapeshifts wants to murder children, I guess? Uh, Ponda Baba is a famous author, and Obi-Wan cuts his arm off to keep him in a house. <laughs> Yeah, because you can't leave if you've got one arm. <laughs> We've already read one, the uh, the Darth Maul prison novel where he finds a guy who knows how to get things. I know. <laughs> uh, now, if I had to choose who it's going to be centered around and like a planet to center it around. Are we sticking to Stephen King for the moment? No, I okay. mean, you don't have to. But I'm like, if I had to pick, regardless of who was writing it, mm -hmm. like a book I want to see from someone's point of view. Ooh, I mean, there are definitely already books from a lot of people's points of view. I don't know if we necessarily need to pick someone who has never had a book. Uh, no, but I'm like, what would I want to see? Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, that's a tough one. You know, one thing, I, I will say this, and this is going to sound like a shit post of an answer, and maybe it kind of is, but when I was a kid, I played Shadows of the Empire, the mm -hmm. N64 game, mm -hmm. and based on nothing but playing it, I thought... 
that the book was going to be about Dash Rendar. Oh, yeah. Because he's the character you play as in the game. Yep. And he's on the cover and he's got stuff to do. And in the book, he shows up like three times in total. And he mostly acts about as cool as like if Joe Camel was in a Star Wars book. <laughs> where he just pops up and he's like, hey, what's up, dudes? I'm cool and rad. Okay, here's some camel points. Goodbye. I'm I'm a cool dude written by a 50-year-old man. <laughs> I would like a... Uh, a second chance for Dash Rendar, not all right, not as written by Steve Perry, not in Shadows of the Empire, or even just Shadows of the Empire, but it's a hundred percent what Dash Rendar was up to, because he disappears for huge chunks of that book, and I'm like, this is a new character that they wanted to arrive boldly on the scene. I mean, that, you know how long it took for like Thrawn to get an action figure? Uh, he had one before his book came out. Did, mm. did Dash Rendar. Uh, same did, same with Shizor. It was a whole marketing blitz. The whole point of Shadows of the Empire was to try and do a new version of books where it came with a video game, it came with action figures, it came with a novel. It even had its own score. I think it was Michael Giacchino. Yeah, it was five to three. <laughs> its own score on CD. I have it somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I would like a second chance a revitalization for dash rendar during the shadows of the empire saga like what was he doing and was it actually cool and why did he need to show up and act like a weird dork like to go all hello fellow kids on luke a couple of times yeah and i'd like that now i got a book i want to pitch to you okay <sighs> takes place on kashik okay we are dealing with a squad of crack imperial not just like bumbling ass stormtroopers but like actual badasses all right but they get caught on the surface of the planet oh interesting and so this we is... go full predator basically where you're in the jungle and everything wants to kill you so this is pre-revenge of the sith um in terms of when the expanded universe was still saying that that very few people had ever even seen the surface of kashiak exactly the problem was revenge of the sith was like set on wookie beach and you're like what the fuck what the hell why, why? we gotta take wookie normandy <laughs> why are they on a beach why don't you put them up in the trees where the whole story has always been ah <laughs> uh, we gotta take omaha <laughs> but yeah if we go with the old eu version of uh of uh, kashiak where basically it works like a Dungeons and Dragons dungeon where the further down you go, the worse it gets. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> I want it to be a group of super badass Imperials trying to make their way back up from the surface. Okay, so they keep, like, finding trees and trying to scale them, but they can't because they get attacked by terrifying demons. Like, there's just, you know, you have things where they try to take cover for the night, but, like, the tree that they're taking cover in is carnivorous, mm -hmm. and the fucking, like, they're being stalked the entire time by various super predators. Oh, yeah. It turns out there's, like, prehistoric versions of quadrupedal Wookiees down there. They're oh, like just having, like, oh, and at one point, like, they get attacked by some absolute terrifying monster that then gets murdered by an even more terrifying monster that they run <laughs> and from. And that thing gets taken out by, like, the Wookiee equivalent of Craven the Hunter. And they're like, yay, we're saved. And he's like, run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want a full-on... Fucking Predator on Kashyyyk, Imperials thing, where basically everyone dies, one person manages to make it out, like the main character mm -hmm. survives to get up to the actual treetop to where he can live, and then gets just shoved off by fucking Chewbacca at the end. <laughs> Chewbacca just pushes him? Yeah, Chewbacca just finally, he gets to the top, and he's like, I made it, and then Chewbacca comes out and he goes, think again. No, uh, <laughs> hang on, hey, let, me, let, me, let me supply an alternate ending to the story, because otherwise I absolutely love it. Oh yeah. He finally makes it up to the surface, and he makes his way to what he thinks he's going to finally find some shelter in, a Wookiee treehouse, and he's like, oh, this is no big deal, this is fine. And, and then as he gets close, Lumpy pushes him, and he falls over the railing. 
And then he goes back inside and watches the Jefferson Starship video on a little TV. Yeah. And that's and that's it, it. It turns out the whole thing is the origin story of that Wookiee that falls off the railing in the holiday special. I'm sorry, Stormtrooper who does. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like deadly serious and he's gone through a year of shit and he finally gets up there and he's like, I made it. And then like a tiny, terrifying little Wookiee monster ah! <laughs> just pushes him off the edge again. <laughs> exactly. Now, what author would write this? Oh, I mean, it has to be some sort of uh, horror author, because I would really want it to be, like, good and, and terrifying that they're running through here. Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch Max Brooks. I'm going to pitch Mel Brooks. Okay, you're going to pitch Mel Brooks into, into the a sun. lake. <laughs> <laughs> That's very mean. He's very old. <laughs> well, <laughs> But no, Max Brooks, who uh, I didn't really care for uh, his uh, World War Z stuff because it was a little too disjointed. But I feel like if he had stuck to one of the narratives and written it, that book would have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pitch Max Brooks, even though he's not my favorite author. That's not what I'm saying for that for that story. That's my that's my pitch. Great. That I or great. Chuck Palahniuk. <laughs> Good Lord. No, <laughs> I'd get way too much butt stuff then. <laughs> surprising amount of butt stuff on the that's what it's called butt stuff among the trees surprising of surprising amount of butt stuff <laughs> the depths of hell plus butt stuff <laughs> the depths of my butt <laughs> all right next question since this book is already like three books wedged together what other books would you like in this book <laughs> Just like where else does he just show up and he's like, yeah, maybe hey, Corin has to do some Nancy Drew shit or whatever. How about he shows up at the courtship of Princess Leia and is like, I am also vying for Princess Leia. Me, Corin Horn. Me too. <laughs> me, me as well. I also want a piece of that. I'm going to shoot her with an even weirder rape gun. <laughs> I shoot her with a gun and her clothes fall off and she she tries to put them back on, but it's too late. I've already seen it ever. No, no, it's fine. I use my new Jedi power. I learned from Zapped. Yeah. <laughs> Bloop. <laughs> oh, Get hey out of guys, here. I've got the Jedi power of a problematic 80s comedy, so... Uh, stand outside, Han Solo. I'm the one who has beef with Princey Solder. <laughs> Me, Cornhorn, has beef. I have beef. <laughs> oh, wait, never mind. I'm just going to bang the prin- the, uh, the Queen Mother. Ah. <laughs> What's up, Tatsume? You're, you're pretty great. I'm into that. Uh, you, you got a banging set <laughs> on you. She's definitely got a figure I'm willing to describe for three pages. Hell yeah. <laughs> you're kind of a MILF. I'm into it. Uh, that's uh, <laughs> Plus, it happens yeah. right around the Corn same time. Cornhorn's MILF adventure <laughs> is definitely what needed to be shoehorned into this. Yes, and specifically courtship, so that he could show up and just be a third irritating asshole trying to vie for Princess Leia. <laughs> Also, uh, while the story is taking place, he's already married to Mirax. Yeah, obviously. Uh, of course. And she's just, like, kidnapped by the Dathomirian witches or something. And he's like, I'm here I to have rest- to save my wife. Also, did you want to get in on this? Or? I feel like I'll be really good at saving my wife if I get incredibly versed in Rancor writing. So I'm going to hang out with you guys. So uh, I know that you all wrapped this up and you leave planet. I'm going to stay here for another six months. <laughs> and then it turns out Chewie was also there for the extra six months as well. He just didn't feel like leaving when they left. He was like, I'll just wait for you to leave. Can I get a ride with you, man? I really cannot be on a ship with these two right now. (laughs) No, thank you. I'll just stick around with this horn character. (laughs) You know, and that's why six months later he comes back and he's like, I'm sorry. I will not leave you again. I had to spend six months with this guy. (laughs) He automatically made me his butler. I I mean, who does that? 
what the fuck, man? I'm already this guy's butler. And I'm an accomplished hyperspace engineer. <laughs> mostly the butler, though. Yeah, mostly butler. Uh, next question. What force order should the sequel showcase? So I, Matukai, I, Ang T. So, okay, hold on. Um, the sequel, you mean, by the sequel, you mean... The I, sequel to this, instead so, of I, Jedi, I, whatever. So I still Jedi? Probably. Or... or He's <laughs> saying what other... No, I know, I'm order. just trying to come up with the sequel, what the sequel's gonna be called. Yeah. So I still Jedi is the, uh, is my current running title for that. So instead of a different force order, it's just still Jedi. Oh, so, well, yeah, but something he didn't, he didn't become a Gen Sarai in this book either. He just briefly encountered them and was like, eh, Jedi is still better. Yes, he's saying, what should the sequel showcase, though? Yeah, it wouldn't be him joining it, it so it would not be called I Falanassi. It'd be called I Jedi 2, in which he encounters the Jedi who, like... Yeah, but this is the book of him becoming a Jedi. What would he become in the sequel? Oh, okay, that's very different. Get your shit together, that's man. Not, no, I'm still right. The, the question was what You're weird... not right. The, the question was what weird new Force Order gets focused on. Right? And then said, I Malukai, I Ang T, so what type of thing is it that he becomes next? Oh, that's what that was. I had no idea what that gibberish you said at the end was. Yes. I'm Malachi, I on T. Yes, different types of force oh, orders. Oh, Ong T, the monk guys. Yes, uh, different force orders. All right, I've never heard of Malachi before. Eh. You know what that is. I thought that was the name of the guy who trains the Rancor. Uh, that's Malachili. Yeah. Might be Matukai? It's still nothing. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Let's not worry about it. Let's move forward. Let's make I up. Will a, always worry about it. Let's make up a new force order. We're making up a new order for the next one? I mean, unless you want to use one of the existing ones, in which case we just mentioned Dathomirians and Falanassi again. I'm looking up the Matukai. Ooh, they used the physical body to channel the Force. Oh, it's definitely that. It's definitely him channeling the Force into his dick. <laughs> well, no, because he's terrible at telekinesis. He's just really good at sensing what his dick is about to do. <laughs> I can tell all the moves my dick is about to make. Yeah. In fact, he he can't even get a boner anymore unless he shoots his dick with a bunch of lasers. Yeah, and then it's just him using telekinesis to lift his dick up. Yep. <laughs> uh, Yoda's all size matters not, except in your case it does. Hey, and they already have some green to their Jedi robes. They nice. I've never heard of these guys before. The Matukai? Yeah. Looks uh, like a lot of video game shit. Okay, that's fair enough. First showed up in a role-playing game... I don't even know what you mean by physically channels the force. I mean, what's that? They're like physical force users. They channel the force. And it's like, oh, I get real strong. Oh, so super shit. punches and shit. Yeah. Except that that's what Jedi do anyway. No, they use telekinesis. No, they also get super strong and stuff. Haven't you watched The Phantom Menace very recently? No. And also no. <laughs> but they're all about the balance between physical and spiritual so instead of being like, oh, I need to meditate, they're like, i got to get my dick wet and then meditate about how wet my dick is. <laughs> I feel like this is creating a distinction out of nothing, where they're like, ah, oh, the Jedi are entirely the spiritual mind. I'm like, nah, oh, yeah. dude. No, these guys are like, ah, oh, we like to do exercise and we, we yeah, go she, out and care about the physical form rather than just spiritually being like, uh, we're Jedi. I can't back you up on that one. I mean, how did Luke get trained? He had to run around in the swamp with a Yoda on his back. He didn't have to sit there. <laughs> and remember that one when we had to read about fucking Leia's kids and one of them was getting all fat because he was like, I'll just use the force for everything. And she had to have Luke come by and be like, no, Jason, you also have to run some fucking laps, Chubster. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I'm, I don't know what to tell you. 
I don't know what to tell you either. I'm just saying that sounds like a, a, an arbitrary distinction made up to try and shoehorn in a new force group. Sure. I want to use. I want one who's really, really good at specifically using the force for fishing. Great. Like they can sense where the fish are. They can. They, the one thing they cannot do is just telekinetically lift the fish up into their boats or mind trick the fish. I mean, Definitely be, not. That'd be too easy. Instead, they're just like master anglers. Every aspect of of a fishing that could be enhanced without just cheating. Is, is what so they're, they're good at. they're real good at drinking a beer, uh-huh. sitting. <laughs> Picking spots on the ice that won't fall through for them to build their little things into. Yeah. Real good at listening to, I don't know, a radio show. Yeah, and- bonding with their kids over six hours of boredom. <sighs> and then right, I'm moving on. All right, that's fine. <laughs> uh, what dumb Star Wars species would you like to have seen show up to learn at Luke's Jedi School? Oh. So like a Kowakian lizard monkey, a quivering heap of brebeshems. <laughs> what was uh what was the chef in uh you know that Chris chef. I know. Veerbeeg, I think it was. I don't know, but Remember I know that? what you're talking it was about. It's like a big it's like a hexapodal big... thing with like tentacles out the front. Yeah, it was a big weird six-arm monster thing that was just like, "Hey kids, I'm cooking." Yeah, and it was like really nice to the kids, and it was grumpy that it had to be mean to them. Yeah. The other thing from that one that would be great to have actually show up at the Academy would have been Lusa. Yeah. She was yeah. like a... Like, yeah, just a fucking like a centaur. centaur. She, it's funny, there's only one art picture, official art picture of Lusa anywhere in Star Wars, and it's just of her from the shoulders up. So you, so ah! if, you, if you were to look at it, you would have no idea that she is a centaur. Lol. <laughs> I forget the name of her species, but she ends up getting murdered by the Yuzhen Vong later. They actually mention her by name and that she became a Jedi Knight, that she joined the the New Republic, and then that she just offhandedly just gets off-screen killed by the Yuzhen Vong. Sad. It is a sad story, but I would have loved to see her show up at the Academy and be like, I want to learn! I'm rad! I'm here! I'm here to learn! Yeah. But I don't know. What other what other cool Star Wars species? Um, what if there was a Waru? <laughs> one Waru, please. One Waru with the Academy. Just one. Just like a ba- little tiny one. A little, little baby stroganoff. <laughs> uh, I'm Wari. I'm a little tiny one. Ooh. Oh, I'm going to learn to be a Jedi. <laughs> I like this dimension. <laughs> I just just stick lightsabers in me like a little porcupine. I'll roll around. <laughs> I'm going to goosh all over That's the my enemies. <laughs> That's my fighting style. Gooshing. I'm gooshing. <laughs> he says every time he fights, oh, don't fight me. I'm gooshing. <laughs> I was like, I'm a South Park Jedi. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> all right. You, you float one. Uh, I mean, as far as weird shit I would love to see in there, obviously, since we've established that they are sentient, let's get a Rancor Jedi. Oh, yeah. Rancor Jedi would be fantastic. Duh, obviously. Yeah, lightsaber the size of a tree trunk. Hell yeah. <laughs> just, it's like, I gotta build my own lightsaber, and he just finds, like, a crystal the size <laughs> of a Buick. Yeah, he uses one of them crate dragon pearls, like, from the Mandalorian, where it was, like, three feet across. Hell yeah. Just, this will work. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> I'm Ranko the Rancor Jedi. <laughs> Plus, it turns out he's like really good at telekinesis, even though you'd think he'd just be like a big bruiser. Oh, no, Spends he's super those- good at telekinesis. Yeah. He's like, normally my shitty little arms don't make me very good at lightsaber fights, but I just telekinetically fight you. You mean shitty little arms? They're not T-Rexes. I mean, they, they have got- giant arms. <laughs> They're shitty little arms. Their arms are bigger than their legs. Their arms are bigger than you. <laughs> that is also true. Yeah, but you're kind of <laughs> shitty and little. <laughs> Sigh. You're like a, you have like an inch on me. <laughs> what are you talking about? How dare you? <laughs> 
And most people think I'm the tall one because you slouch like an ochre. Hell yeah. <laughs> I would love to see that, though. Give me a uh, yeah. Rancor, Rancor Jedi. Rancor Jedi, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's a great idea. I also would have liked Buck the Rules, Droid Jedi. Yeah, a droid Jedi named Buck the Rules. <laughs> Hi, I'm Buck the Rules. I'm here to learn the Jedi. And then, you're a droid, yeah? How come your name isn't like 2BX or whatever? How about you go fuck yourself? Oh, my name's Buck the Rules. <laughs> How about I'm Buck and I came here to fuck the rules? <laughs> but yeah, droid Jedi. Just like, and, and it has, it should be some weird ass kind of droid too. Like, like that torture droid that was torturing Leia in New Hope. <laughs> Just shows up. Gonk Jedi. (laughs) Gonk Jedi. Gonk. (laughs) You're right. These aren't the droids I'm looking for. Gonk. Gonk. (laughs) Hey, at least his lightsaber will never run out of power. They're walking batteries. Hey! (laughs) Nah, he fucking gets used by the Rancor Jedi as a power pack for his lightsaber. Turns out that that little tiny orb that was shooting Luke with stun bolts at the beginning of New Hope is also a Jedi. Uh, all right. Uh, with an entire book dedicated solely to Cornhorn's innermost thoughts and getting to know what his deal is, did that make you give a shit about him at all? No, I hate him more now. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I don't want to know what's on in anyone's head. Honestly, the second I start finding out anyone's innermost thoughts, I realized, oh, I don't like anyone's inner thoughts. Everyone kind of sucks when you figure th- out what they're thinking. Yeah, like I'd never read this before, so my full understanding of Cornhorn was that he was like, a dude who showed up in Rogue Squadron and Wraith Squadron who was like a Corellian ex-cop that Michael Stackpole was a big fan of the character he had come up with. That was as much as I knew about him pretty much start to finish. I also knew he was an E-Wing pilot because of the X-Wing tabletop mm, game. Mm, mm. So I thought, well, maybe he's like younger than everybody else. So he, he comes up in the new generation of fighters or something. So after reading this book, I'm like, Ugh, I, I don't want to read any more Corn Horn books. Uh... Cornhorn's name has two parts that can be prefixed with dog. So wait, I'm sorry, we're saying... Corn dog and horn dog. Ah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I, Jedi, had lots of horn dog moments. How much better would have been if they were all replaced with corn dog scenes? (laughs) So you mean anytime he meets a woman in this and he's just like... So like Tavira shows up and she's like... I've got a corn dog and just like sexily <laughs> rubs a corn dog across his cheek, leaving a little smear of grease. I like the idea that can replace all of the sexy women in the novel with just the other characters. Like, cause it doesn't matter who prefers a corn or offers you a corn dog, as long as you're primarily attracted to that corn dog. And of like, course you'd also get in those scenes because we're replacing them. Just descriptions of the corn dog and how good it looks. Yeah, like he meets his grandfather. And his grandfather's like, Corin, it's wonderful to see you again. I just made a big tray of our of your famous corn dogs. <laughs> Come on in. And he's like, Ooh, I love Mirax would forgive me if I ate a corn dog without her. <laughs> Where I'm just like, Ah, oh, they brought the corn dog into the room. I could tell from the shape and how plump it was that it would be juicy and delicious. It had been but double. I couldn't double battered and fried it had little fries all over it it was korean style and i wanted it someone said it may be cheese in there instead of a corn dog and i came a little (laughs) uh let's see uh what species slash planet deserves an actual type five instead of corellians (laughs) 
Yeah, I saw people commenting on that as to how there was a tight five on Corellians at the end of this book. Yeah. Um, or that we were doing that by just saying that Corellia is like New York. Hey, get out of here. I'm Corellian. Hey, you got to do whatever I say because I'm Corellian. Hey, don't you tell me the odds. The best odds are from 56th Street. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we've done that ourselves a bunch of times. I mean, our definition of what uh, the pl- I mean, a, Chadrafan planet. I was going to say, a tight five on Chadrafan, obviously. <laughs> Don't you hate it when you're like, hey, Chadger fan, can you make me some Mirepoix? And they're like, hey, no, fuck you. We're the Holy Trinity. I'm going to not get into water. I'm going to count that to Pope. So, I mean, I don't know. You necessarily could do a full tight five on how Chadger fan are a bunch of tiny New Orleans people living in trees on their swamp planet. So who else would deserve that? Um no one. Dathomir? You can do a tight five on Dathomir Force Witches, I think. I think that's probably fine. Uh, that's but great. Alderanians. I mean, they've got it coming at this point. I feel like the universe hasn't been mean enough to folks from Alderaan yet. And, uh, and they, they clearly. We, we, probably could couple, we could probably get a couple God, of. Can you imagine if you were a, star, a stand up comic in Star Wars universe and you had like famous fucking half hour bits about Alderaan and making fun of it and you're about to go on tour and it blows up and you're like oh fuck <laughs> it's like mid, oh no you're like mid joke and all of a sudden everyone's looking at their phones bling 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 <laughs> bling you're like oh well that's all for me tonight <laughs> oh uh all those jokes I just told were about Coruscant <laughs> uh but of course we all know we uh Love Alderaan, uh, in memoriam, I'll be donating all my proceeds from here to the fun for helping displaced Alderanians. Good night. <laughs> I just love the idea of him getting halfway through a joke and then seeing his manager off screen. He's like, no, 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 don't do it. Nope. Cut, <laughs> cut. Like, don't you all hate those fucking snooty peacenik assholes from, uh, Boda Jeff? What the fuck is what? I those? just love the idea of someone up there that night being like, "And hey, fucking Alderaan, wish someone would do something about that planet, huh?" And then just immediately gets off and sees the news and is like, "Well, I can't work anymore." No, he can. He just claims he's been canceled. He's fine. <laughs> no one lets me talk anymore. <laughs> he and does I'll let big, you know that in my next Netflix special. Big stand-up routine where he's like, "Fuck Alderaan," and wait, got blown up. Uh, Ted Sarandos, can I have $3 million? <laughs> I'm starting a GoFundMe because they won't let me talk. <laughs> Let's see. What else is in here? Uh, <laughs> What dumb shit would you jam your lightsaber full of, and what would it do to the blade? So we're saying alternate lightsaber crystals and dual phase and all that shit. Yeah, since we... I mean, before I had thought it had to be some fucking kyber crystal shit. Uh, and the fact that he was just like, no, nah, I just found some random gem and shoved it in here. I think one of my favorite things about lightsaber crystals is just about any fucking thing that is a semi-precious or precious gem will work. Like crate dragon pearls, even though they're not translucent. So how the hell are they focusing energy? Yep. I mean, those are just, you know, stomach goop wrapped around a sand grain. They won't work the same way. They're not a crystalline lattice. <laughs> Which yet- is why I want like my Jedi, my uh, lightsaber to have like a Rancor Bazaar in it. Ah! I just got some fucking, like, owl pellet. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what a bizarre is, right? Bezor. Bezor. Plus, also, Rancor Bezor is a rad thing to say. <laughs> That's me! I'm Rancor Bezor! 
It's just I came like, here with my droid. It's just some nasty stomach. Fuck the rules. Here with Rancor Bezor. We're here to fuck shit up. Learn the Jedi way so we can defend our gold claims. <laughs> While these people keep trying to take my gold. <laughs> Rancor Bezor. Yeah, but mine would have a Rancor Bezor in it. <laughs> and it would create a barf-colored blade. It's vacillating between green and brown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just have a nice, like, petrified wood Ooh, yeah, stump. A chunk, of, a chunk of petrified wood. That's neat. Yeah. How about just a fucking fossil? How about just a bone? Just like I a, just put a bone in there? Just put like a re- like a velociraptor claw in there, and the, the lightsaber comes out with a notable curve. Yeah, it's just curvy. Yeah. <laughs> you get yourself a nice light, light kopesh or something as a result. Hell, yeah. That'd be neat. I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd rock that. Yeah, absolutely. Like a tauntaun claw in your lightsaber as the focusing crystal. That'd yeah. be cool. Just has sort of that like sickly yellow white look to it. Yeah, absolutely. And it definitely has a bend, not just in the handle, like, but in the blade. Yeah. That'd be neat as fuck. Hell yeah. Yeah. Where my Rancor Bezor <laughs> barf saber presumably also smells bad. Presumably. Like when you turn it on, it just creates a feel like the lightsaber comes up and it's all green and brown, but it's got like a pig pen dust aura around it. It just smells awful. Yeah. And also just <laughs> sounds disgusting. Like you turn it on and it's just <laughs> just making mouth squish noises instead of the it just goes like. <laughs> yeah, I got a little masturbatory sounding lightsaber. Or I guess it just sounds like it's barfing when it comes out. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Rancor Bezor. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Mm, we'll do one more. There you go. All right. Uh, let's find... We got away from it in the second half of the book. But I loved the idea of a Gary Stu being written into directly interacting with Luke Skywalker, but only as a bit player in an EU novel rather than in the main movies. So who are your OCs and what obscure part of the Star Wars universe do you crowbar them into so they can watch someone else's novel play out from the front row? Well, obviously, Rancor, Bezor, and... Oh, yeah, buck, obviously, buck, buck the Rules buck and the Rancor, rules, Rancor, Bezor. <laughs> and they just keep showing up and being mad about gold prospecting. Somebody rascaled this droid. Well, I'll be... I'm an expert in droid wrangling and wrestling. And for an extra credit, you can throw in roping. <laughs> Love the idea that fucking Buck the Rules and Rancor Bezor are on that little fucking outpost when they show up and been like, somebody rascaled this droid. And they're just in the background like, not tell you, I got a claim. <laughs> well, obviously, when he isn't currently working as Goldfield, Rancor Bezor becomes the cookie for the New Republic and the Rebellion. He's just back there like, who wants hot beans? One bean only, please. Any more is being city folk. Who wants hot bean? <laughs> Just love. They're like, oh, yeah, we shoehorn into stuff like, oh, this is uh fucking Return of the Jedi. And uh, they're all up in the fucking village. And Luke and Leia are having their little heart to heart. And then as soon as they're done, <laughs> and it, it would have wiped. <laughs> We pan over and see the two of them just cooking beans. And they're just like, woo, it sounds like you had good heart to heart. Would you like a bean? It turned out she was your sister all along. Well, I know something about being in love with your sister, Bean. 
I had a Kubaz done genetically engineer these beans to be as big as your head. Would you like one? <laughs> or how about I have my droid buck the rules do a pleasing dance? Fuck you, I buck the rules. <laughs> that said, I will play the fiddle. <laughs> Thank God I'm a country boy. <laughs> Sunshine on my robot nutsack. <laughs> Why did you install this robot nutsack on me? <laughs> Buck the rules. It's in the wrong spot. <laughs> They're hanging from the top of my dome. <laughs> they keep getting in my eyes. I am a walking tea bag. <laughs> well, boy, howdy, do I know what my next Star Wars character is going to be? I mean, Rancor Bezor is. <laughs> He he belongs immediately among the stars. <laughs> Rancor Bezor, buck the rules, wandering through the galaxy. God bless him. I mostly want Rancor Bezor to show up in. Uh, uh, first of all, can we establish that Buck the Rules is a protocol droid? First of all, uh, definitely a protocol droid. Like he's bipedal, he looks humanish, you know, but but golden, like made of metal, right? Also has a metal cowboy hat. Yeah, has a metal cowboy hat built right in. But I really want Rancor Bezor to show up unno uh, unnoticed until he makes a call sign announcement in a Wraith Squadron book, where they're just like, "All right, uh, Rogue Squadron, check in," and it's like, "Ooh, real checking in." Uh, you know, Therm Drummond checking in. Rancor Bezor done reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> Plus, I got my protocol droid sticking out the back of this hair X-Wing. It's supposed to be an astromech. Fuck you, but the rules. <laughs> He's just got one foot in the hole. It's just, no, man, it's just straight up like moon roofing it. He's just standing up and is on the little position where the astromech playing be. a fiddle. <laughs> but the rules. This hair's fighting music. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, those are our two characters that we'd add. Rancor Bezor and Buck the Rules. The Buck droid. the Rules playing fucking The Devil Went Down to Tatooine as they go into battle. <laughs> I done fought and met and fucked the devil on Tatooine. <laughs> In that order. <laughs> I fought him before I met him. <laughs> then I fucked him. <laughs> That's right. And I allowed it. Buck the Rules. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Can I fuck this here devil? Well, I'll allow it. <laughs> well, that's good as me. It's any as a spot to call it a day. Good. I mean, as soon as we've really latched on to a dumb meme character, I think it's time to end the show. Because <laughs> you know the rest of the show is just going to be about those It'll two. It'll just be those two <laughs> heretofore and henceforth. <laughs> So uh, thank you so much for listening. Hey, as always, even though we didn't really do an episode uh, about the book this week, we will still be doing our bonus content. So if you're over on the Patreon, you can find us at uh, patreon.com slash system mastery at the $2 level. We are going to go do some stories about shit that we find on Wikipedia, same as we always do. It's going to be a great time. And I've already told you where to find it and how much it costs. Yeah, and normally we would announce what the next book is and read from the back of it. But Jeff didn't do that. Oh, so I it's totally okay. forgot about that. Yeah, hey. that is what we normally do. Isn't it? Isn't it what we normally do? It's time for me to make fun of you. I'm your butler. Ah, the next book will be, and I'm just going to look it up on my phone. The next for the book back. will be insert audio. <laughs> no, I'm going to look it up on the. I'm going to. I'm going to leave you mugging while I look it up. Yeah, that's right. Let mm -hmm. me mug for ten minutes while you look through Amazon for a book. You think I'm going to just look up? I, I know exactly what book we're doing next. Do you? Mm -hmm. Do you actually know what book we are doing I next? I really do. Can you announce it, or yeah. do you know what book we're doing next? 
I know exactly what we're doing next, and I am not just making. I, I am not. Just I am playing not for just time. <laughs> not just mugging. Definitely not just playing for time. Hey, In look, fact, we don't have to announce what the next book is because you know what? Buck the rules. <laughs> Nope, I've already got it right here. I already have the back of the book in front of me. I am ready to do this. All right, let's do it. Flight into danger. Gambler, rogue, and con artiste, Lando Calrissian was born with a well-developed taste for the good life. More comfortable at the dealer's end of a fast shuffle than at the rear end of a blaster, Lando always has his sensor scanning for the chance to pick up easy credits. So when he heard that the planets of the Rafa system were practically buried in ancient alien treasure, he hopped aboard the Millennium Falcon Zero, I don't know why there's a zero there, and brushed up on his rusty astrogation. He never stopped to think that someone might be conning the con man. <laughs> Next episode, check it out. In two weeks, we will begin Lando Calrissian and the Mind Harp of Sheru. Great. Mm-hmm. Done. We already even have that book. I bought it a while ago just in case. Just in case. Yep, so we are in position i did not fail at my duty everything's fine thank you so much for listening patreon.com slash system mastery two dollar level i've been elan sleaze bagano and i love bucking the rules (laughs) 